In the far future, faster than light travel is possible via portals called Stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the Stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of Stillfleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using Stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City. Previously on Float City, the Saffron Anox, a powerful extra-dimensional trade lord in control of a pair of planets nicknamed the Lovers, asks the crew to investigate one co-archivist, Zeshdano Novell. The Anox is trying to arrange trade with the provincial planet of Kakudun, and through surreptitious means has discovered this archivist is waylaying his plans. This he does not take kindly to, as a long-standing partner with the co used to conducting business as he pleases. Afeard of his threats to break his partnership and blame the crew's rockside scuffle with a void elf, they return to spin with the Onvader's ransom of goods, where they are celebrated, promoted, and rewarded with an intern. After some R&R, the crew regroups to formulate a plan of attack. First step, Venus's old mentor, Nio Symbolon, a co-archivist and fellow Tremulant who would love to provide access to the eponymous archive itself and reveal the location of Zeshtino Novell, but can't do so without the proper paperwork. We join the team now en route to speak with Beta's colleague, Orndrim Sasparine, a fellow xenobiologist who lives deep in spin in the dormant bays. The crew treks from the innermost heart of the Basilicon, high atop spin, whatever atop means, through the canteen, the flats, the near and far bays, past Little Waitana, and into the dormant bays, a place most fleeters know only by the dark tales told of it. Here is the home of the Mournfolk, the Morghul, in their own fizzly tongue, a group of informatic beings said to be the ghosts, somehow, of sapphire elves, resigned to mourning the fall of their civilization eons ago. What few of them reside on spin gather here, amongst the stiffworks whose destinations are lost or not yet understood, in the dark, damp, mossy reaches of the bays. Orndrum is staked out here, studying the Mournfolk and, at the request of the company, keeping an eye on them. As the crew approaches, a sparse bazaar comes into view. It's dimly lit with strung-up lights and small bits of tech here and there. Morgul float around in small groups, their bodies made of two dense, glowing bundles of filament twisted together, blue and white and shrouded in heavy, cylindrical weave. Each Mournfolk is two beings, two minds acting always together, 
pairs sizzle and click back and forth at one another, their delicate features like that of a glimmering, haunting marble statue. Soft depressions and protrusions suggesting a nose, eyes, a chin. It's rare, but not unheard of, that fleeters would come visit the dormant bays. No mournfolk approaches the crew on their way to Orndrum's flat. As they walk through the area, she kind of whispers back to the crew, like, now's your chance. If you've ever had a question about Mournfolk but were, didn't know who to ask, you're going to have a chance when you see <laughs> o- Odrum. This guy knows everything. <laughs> this way. Remy starts uh, whistling. <laughs> Remy's just whistling. He's like unbothered by all of this. He, th- he thinks it's very cool. Mercus is at home. It is damp and he doesn't have to like <laughs> hydrate. He's just like, mar- like you know, kind of power walking behind uh, Beta, but going very slowly because he's not in the front. Just like, okay, all right, all right, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, Beta takes you all uh, through this little bazaar, through this grouping of um, mourn folk that are just kind of hanging out in the square. They're in these loose groups. They're all kind of r- roughly facing in one direction. Um, and you can see that they're pointing sort of in the direction that you're going to go. And there are a number of stiffworks that are on the edge of this bazaar, that are on the edge of their little town. And those stiffworks are decorated with... Um, lights and some candles and uh, the actual surface of them uh, is decorated with geometric shapes of moss Um, and a couple of them look like they're a kind of altar you know these are very it's like sacred geometry or sacred works of art you know you don't know if it's arbitrary but these ones are definitely decorated uh, and it looks kind of striking in this dim light you uh, walk for a little bit you go you know around a corner here and around a quarter there and you come to Orndrim's uh, quarters slash house he doesn't have a door uh, it's just a thick black curtain and there's a piece of wood that's bolted into the middle of it that just says oh sasperine beta sticks her head through the curtain kind of rudely and says, Oh, drum. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and he turns around. Um, <laughs> you startled me. Oh, drum. I am so excited to introduce you to my three best friends. <laughs> <laughs> he looks a little disappointed, but also, <laughs> but also excited. Uh, so he stands up um, from his desk. He was sitting down, facing away at the other end of his room blob. Uh, his room blob is, uh, like the rest of the surroundings, very dimly lit. It's very cozy. It's neat, but it's uh, packed full of books, um, charts on the wall, notebooks, all kinds of open ledgers, uh, just like lots of re- research around. Uh, not dirty, but crowded. Uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of lamps that are hanging. Uh, it's like kind of like a mini study or mini library uh, and uh, he's got a Murphy bed that is uh, shoved up um, on one side of the wall uh, that has some books that are strapped to the underside of it um, and uh, uh, at the bottom of it you can see a couple small musical instruments like planks of wood with string on them essentially uh, which is funny because he's huge Orndrum Sasparine is an unhuman uh, which means that he's like kind of like an eight foot tall human with four arms the comparison that we made earlier that I don't know if it made it on tape was he kind of looks like Goro from <laughs> Mortal Kombat, yeah. right? It's Goro, yeah, right? Goro. Yeah. Except without the ponytail. I decided no Prince ponytail. Goro. 
<laughs> um, he's got a long, shiny gray jacket that he wears with huge holes cut in the sides of it for its uh, for his extra arms, uh, which are very, very muscular. Uh, he wears these really thick glasses. Um, they're they're huge. They're very round. They're like Coke bottle glasses, Coke bottle bottoms. They're you know half an inch thick. Uh, they're very, very large. And uh, yeah, his cloak also has this big collar on it that just looks really, really silly on him. He also has his brain is on the outside of his skull. Uh, so you can actually see some of his brain matter like on the on the exterior of his head. So he turns around, he ducks very carefully in his tiny, tiny room. And uh, and he says, oh, Beta, uh, yeah, um, yeah, c- come on in. Orndrum, I'd like to introduce you to my friends. Like I said, they also happen to be my new team, as you can imagine. new team. Whoa, you didn't tell me you got a new team. Yeah, well, the other team. We'll talk about that later. Oh, no. (laughs) That sucks. Uh, Yeah. Uh, He reaches down and he pulls down the Murphy bed, so there's somewhere for everybody to sit. Vinos takes a seat. Mercus is smiling wide. Did you say best friends? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, Marcus. I hope we're at that level. I'm sorry if I kind of jumped the gun on I love that, it. But... Oh. Uh, hey, listen, if you guys ever need like, um, if you ever need any help in the field, uh, like if you ever go on any really cool uh, adventures, like you just, um, you know, you let me know. Uh, like I, if you need any help, like Orange Room's here to, to assist. Orangem, remember when I took you on that one mission and you got lost because you followed a sapien species into the woods well, and then li- we couldn't leave for three hours because we had to find you? It's just how often do you see a mole rook of that size just not on Kakadoon? It's like completely unheard of. And to be fair, I said that I was go and no one hurt. It's fine. I Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> anyway, we're actually here. We're hoping you get to help us out. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what do you, what do you need? Well, um, I mean, I can tell you this, uh, we got mm, into a little situation where we're looking for some information on a fellow archivist. Oh, uh, who asked? Who, what do you need it for? Um, you know, just for, I better we don't talk about it. (laughs) Oh, like, this is like secret stuff. Yeah, secret, secret, secret stuff. Okay. Um, do you happen to know an archivist by the name of Zashdano Novell? Good luck, Shannon. I know. Zashdano Novell. Zashdano Novell? Novell? Novell. I like don't have a functioning mouth or brain. Uh Zeshina Navel? He immediately, he looks worried immediately. You say the name and he's like, gasps a little bit. And he goes, um, he dances around like sort of. Orange um, Gets a little nervous and he like is doing like a little bob. And he's like, what, um, <clears throat> what do you, yeah, why? Orange um, He's trying really hard to look cool. <laughs> Orange um, <laughs> I you know I, you are you are doing the the hallmark of your species, which is to walk around in circles when you are nervous, and you know you can't 
get that past me. There's also no room in this room for him to do that. So he's basically just spinning in a little circle, like trying to look occasionally trying to lean on something and look like he's not nervous. You know, you can't get these behaviors past me. You know, we've studied each other enough to know that we can't do this to each other. <clears throat> yeah, I know Zeshna Novell. Uh, she actually asked me to um, file a bunch of reports uh, about the Fex and uh, the Mulrooks uh, and like a few other of the species on Kagadun that they have. Because um, she, she's, uh, you know, she's working down there. But uh, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, um, yeah, I know. I know who she is. I don't know anything else. <laughs> Mercus casts insight or uh, Mercus uses insight to see if he's telling the truth or not. You don't even need to roll. He's, he's definitely, he's definitely lying. lying. Um, it is, uh, yeah, tell me, roll it, and I will and I will tell you how good your insight into what he's lying about is. <laughs> Burning one grit, and oh my god. You rolled a one? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, he definitely does not know anything else other than... <laughs> At least to Marcus, uh, yeah. Yeah, of, other than, uh, yeah, he works with Zestino Novelle sometimes. Uh, she wanted some information about a few of the native uh, species um, on Kakadun from him, and he did that work. Uh, and when he said, uh, I don't know anything else, um, very hastily um, and while looking at his shoes, uh, those two things are a hallmark of truth-telling. Yeah. <laughs> Mercus does not follow up. <laughs> uh, Beta looks at Orndrum and is like, Orndrum, remember, I didn't leave you on the planet by yourself. I waited for you. Okay. They got one of our still fleeters caught in quite the mess. So you're saying I owe you one? You owe me one. <laughs> um, okay. Um, all right. So I, uh, you know, I had to file these reports and um, they needed a bunch of approvals. Uh, and um, there was like a bunch of uh, follow-up stuff that we had to do. And um, for a while, for, for like a bunch of months, um, we were talking every day um, you know, we were just, there were a lot of messages going back and forth, you know, like it seemed really important. And then she just kind of stopped. Uh, and I haven't heard from her in, in a couple days. And, uh, I didn't want to ask too many questions. Cause you know, like we ask a lot of questions around here. Who knows what's going to happen? People, right. people don't like it when you ask questions. So, uh, but you know, we love to ask questions. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, as a scientist, it is very important to ask questions. Um, as a member of the worshipful company of still leaders, it's very, very bad to ask questions. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure you like I, you, you, you understand the position that I'm in. I understand. Orndrum. What kind of uh, I mean, what kind of communications were you having? I mean, that's all. That's a cool thing to tell us. It's not <laughs> problematic to tell us. He goes over to his desk and he just pulls out like a little mini terminal. Like he's got basically a small handheld version of what Nio had. Um, it's not a like large, you know, braided wire terminal to the archive, but it is a small informatic box uh, that probably, you know, you at least, Beta, would recognize as, yeah, like a small computer that allows you to essentially send emails emails and read small portions of the archive that are made available to you as a lower level researcher. Yeah, I mean, we, we were just we were just messaging back and forth about I mean, she had a lot of questions about the history of interactions between all of the 
all of the sapience on Kakudun. She just she really wanted to know uh, everything that she could about how they relate to one another, uh, the history of like where they lived on the continent. And uh, yes, yeah, she just wanted like as much detail as she could. And like, you know this, I mean, you know, like I did a lot of that work when I, when, you know, uh, when I was younger. And so like, I just, yeah, I had, I had a lot of that, had a lot of that research already done. Mercus shuffles up behind Beta and sticks his head out and says, excuse me, as far as you know, do you know where she was writing from? Here or actually out there? Oh, yeah. She's been on Kakadun for a while. What do you mean a while? I mean, she, uh, yeah, she she started out here. I think she was a refactor. Well, I mean, you know, she, like, used to be a witness. Um, she went out on a lot of, I mean, you know, she was like you guys. Uh, she, like, went on all these, like, really cool adventures. And, like, I don't know, she didn't really want to talk about it a lot. I, I'm, I maybe asked too many questions. Uh, you know, I just, I got a little excited. She, uh, yeah, she worked her way up to refactor and then a- applied for placement in a province and uh, asked to be put uh, on Kakudun, became, uh, yeah, got, got a position on the subcommittee uh, for, uh, for Kakudun. Uh, and like, yeah, was doing, was doing her work from uh, some of our outposts down there. Why do you need to know where she is? I mean, I would also like to know where she is. I mean, I, you know, I want to know what she's up to and like what this research is for. Um, but yeah, it's weird. I haven't, I heard from her a lot and then kind of not at all. Yeah, we were just wondering uh, where she was because you know we would we would like to ask her some some questions. Um, but maybe something happened to her, and we should follow that that thread. If she I'm sure she's fine. To you. I'm right? sure she's fine as well. But I, I tell you what, maybe it's this interest of hers in Cockadoon that has gotten the best of her. You you wouldn't know what's uh, what that's all about, would you? Uh, why would she she'd be so interested in Cockadoon? Uh, no. Uh, she never said why she applied to go there specifically. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's a very interesting place. There's uh, oh, yes, a lot yes, of different yes. sapients. Sapients, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of polities all kind of like um, pushed up really close to one another in a very small, you know, like Kakadun. It's got that one big continent. So like all of these different people uh, have to live very close to one another. There's also those two other companies that are there. So there's like, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Mm. And- and you can remind me what are those two? The, I remember you telling me this before. <laughs> those two other companies. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, it's um, Orthrax. Uh, you know, Orthrax. The oh, yeah, geez. they do all of the indentured servitude. Um, oh. and uh, and uh, Oucher, who does all of the kind of like um, uh, agriculture stuff. Oh right, 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 right. Those two companies. Yeah, they're on and- the they're on the they're on the east coast there. Oh yeah, they're both on the East Coast, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was talking about this, and uh, also we talked about yeah. They're like, what's their main thing they trade? We're always uh, talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> you would you would know um, Orthrax as um, principally a finished goods and arms dealer, mm. and you would know Oucher principally as like like food and supplies dealer. Mm. Um, you would also know Orthrax as roughly like. Like probably a little bit larger, um, and Oucher is a little bit smaller. Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, I could, um, I mean, I could send her a message, but uh... no And she and Beta kind of like turns to her team and like thinks that she's speaking really low, but probably Orndrum could hear her. Like, do we do we want to send a message? Do we? Do we, no, we don't need. To. 
we don't want to tell her. Is Mercus uh, just shaking his Mercus head? Mercus is just shaking his head. Uh, Jen, the player, is has just been shaking her head into the Zoom video. <laughs> uh, Remy says in a normal voice, "Why don't we just go over there?" I think if we open if we open a stiff work, we might kind of tell the company we're kind of up to something. I have an idea, but maybe we should talk about it later. Mm-hmm. drum, my uh, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful seeing you. Before oh, you're, we oh, you're have going. we have to leave. Oh, mm. I would he just, looks genuinely sad that you're leaving. Oh, I would I would like to say um to my my friends, my new best friends, very, very best friends. <laughs> you guys have any questions about Mornfolk for Orndrum? Yeah, why are Orndrum, there f- why are their faces so cool? I mean, there's a lot of theories about how they've evolved the shapes that they have. Um, one of them is that, and he goes for as long as you will listen. He just goes <laughs> and goes and goes. And if you don't stop him, there you could be there for an hour. Um, he uh, he actually, after a little while, he starts digging through some of his books. He's like, oh, and actually, I read this really great thing from a couple millennia ago that said that actually what? And then he starts like <laughs> piling books. And he's not even really talking to you anymore. He's yeah. just talking to his desk and the pile of things that on it um and beta does this specifically because she knows that by doing this this is going to distract orndrum for orndrum has already thought up of all these new questions that he wants to read on and that <laughs> orndrum won't even think about what we were talking about before uh and as you leave uh do you leave do you all exit yeah, Marcus is yeah. backing out backwards <laughs> like, uh, uh. out of the out of the corner of his eye um you know from his high up vantage point sees you all starting to escape and he goes oh i guess we're done um cool uh uh thanks for coming to say hi uh beta if you ever want to like um you know eat some pieces of metal in the little waitana i could meet you halfway <laughs> absolutely i will connect with you when i want to do that um, he does one of his uh, one of his lower arms does like a very subtle little. Yeah. <laughs> Mergus is just wandering out loud like, when do you think the next uh, mission auction is? In the well, it, sh- it should be in a couple days time. Perhaps if we need paper trails for everything, perhaps we bid on a mission that takes us to the place we need to go. Mm. Ah, yes. That's quite right. Uh, Or we talk to our friend Algar. Right, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make that my ringtone. Like that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We have to get to Kakadoon. One way is through uh, permission, through Algar, and one is through the cloak and shadow of another mission. <laughs> so you're saying we have to take another mission to do another uh, Venus mission? Venus has already turned and started talking to a stapler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you guys, what are you guys doing? Are you walking back through the bays, yeah. like back up to the flats and stuff? Okay. Yeah. As you go through the Mournfolk Bazaar and the far bays and then Little Waitana, you get around to Little Waitana and um, in the distance you can see uh, there is a like a younger human uh, that's wearing a dull kind of brick red smock uh, that is um, uh, indicative that they are a page. They're an archive page, kind of like an intern. Um, and 
uh, they're kind of looking around like they're lost. And um, they're spinning and kind of like looking back and forth. They don't really know what to do. And they turn and they see all of you and um, then start to make a beeline for you. Like they're like they have something to say to you. Um, and uh, as uh, the page approaches, it's like a, you know, maybe like 17 year old uh, girl with a curly red hair. Uh, she says, Imeldar Company, right? Yes. Oh. I mean, she what? looks. She looks at. She looks at Mercus and looks at Venus. Imeldar Company. Uh, Mercus pops up his chest and says, uh, "Mercus here, yes." Gah! I've been looking for you everywhere. Where have you been? You're looking for me. I'm looking for all of you. Oh. Listen, Archivist Cracked would like to see you in his office as soon as possible, please. And she hands you a very small piece of paper that indicates a location in the Basilicon. And Mercus picks it up with uh, two bulby fingers and is like. Mm-mm. <laughs> Okay, don't get it wet. Don't get it wet. Remy grabs it. <laughs> listen, it, and she turns around and she starts walking away and she turns around and she says, listen, and if he gives you a hard time about being late, tell him that it wasn't my fault. Tell him that I found you like two hours ago and that you were just dilly-dallying around. I don't I don't need another demerit on my paperwork. We got a deal? Oh. <laughs> deal. <laughs> We're absolutely blaming it on her. <laughs> yeah, there's no way we're not. This is a she lie walks. I can stand behind. <laughs> she walks She walks away. The piece of paper is uh, a, like a perfect square. Uh, it's a couple inches by a couple inches, and it uh, points to an address in the Basilicon, and it says um, uh, archivist, uh, C-H-R-A-G-H-T, cracked. Archivist cracked. Shannon, would you like to say that real quick? <laughs> Archivist cracked. Nailed okay, it. that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, Remy's like, Marcus, and uh, thank you, thank you so. You you you're, you want to lie this time? Hell yeah! This is progress, my friend, my Small wet friend. Steps. Small <laughs> steps, and proceeds to counsel Marcus on the finer points of lying. Who is making <laughs> a tea kettle sound about you know about all this undue pressure now? <laughs> Hey friends, it's Shannon, aka Beta Combat on the podcast. Has this ever happened to you? You're sitting in your room listening to this podcast, Float City, and you're thinking, wow, I love this podcast, but I wish there was more. Well, friends, guess what? There is more. There's so much more over on our Patreon. I know what you're thinking. What is Patreon? Well, Patreon... What is Patreon? (laughs) I'm not going to explain what Patreon is, but by signing up for our Patreon, you get access to so many extra bonus things related to our show. What are those bonus things? Well, you get access to character sheets. You get cut tape. Uh, We have a whole nother podcast where we talk about this show that you're listening to right now as well as the state of the world and lots of other things you get access to live streams we have a discord where we're all chatting and talking about stuff Ugh, doesn't this sound great yes of course it does so go on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures and support the show won't you and get access to that extra goodies stuff that's patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. Goodbye. 
Uh, all right, yeah, you retrace your steps. You go back to back to whence you came uh, to another, uh, again, maybe even uh, higher up than where Nio's office was, um, up and down these stairs, down these long hallways in the Black Rock of Spin. You get to the office that is indicated um, on the map, and it doesn't even have a door. Uh, there isn't even a curtain uh, like Algar has. It is just open, and you can walk right in. Oh. Remy strides the fuck in. <laughs> Burgess is tiptoeing. Uh, <laughs> Beta follows. Uh, Taylor, do you want to describe the person in the room? or? Oh, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> On the far wall of the sort of rounded cuboid you find yourselves in is an extremely large tapestry that seems to be woven from some sort of biological material from a culture you've never visited uh, and it has you know, examples of languages that you don't understand and can't understand. <laughs> Uh, because between you and this grand uh, beige and green tapestry, there is levitating two feet above the ground a large, rotund, humanish, red-headed man. Uh, and as your footfalls resound against the halls of the bubble chamber, he just simply rotates oh <laughs> in air, the equator of his great belly turning like a planet to the sun to you. And you see that his eyes are simply not there. There are just two black holes in his head, but orbiting his head like moons around a planet are mechanical eyes. And as his holes gaze in your general direction, the mechanical eyes stop their orbit and fix themselves on you. And he floats towards you at a leisurely pace. This is Archivist Hracht. <laughs> Ah, you, my endlessly surprising little company. The Mercus Cadre, yes? And Mercus salutes and says, correct. Salutations. <laughs> you know, I think of almost everyone here as a kind of child of mine, but from what I've heard of your little cadre, I must say that I think of you as the first among my children. Bully for you. Well, it is a great honor to be named thusly. Oh, and there's a greater honor yet. You captured the pistola of the boss on Vader. You know, good people. And he floats very close to you now. And even though he can't make eye contact, his face still sort of hovers in yours. <clears throat> you know, good people spend their whole careers hoping against the void to even see such a specimen. And most never do. Even most are die trying. And then you come along with a basket of miracles. Not willing to give up your secrets. <laughs> no, they're secrets. Who could blame you? Well, I mean, we're all wondering what could possibly have happened there on Rigamont. And not only did you return with the treasure trove, the locks we haven't seen in a decade or more. What's more, it was from the lovers to be a witness of the death of a boss. And I believe I read in your report some sort of N-dimensional kit. My goodness. To see that and then fill your cornucopia right under the nose of the saffron and nox. What can I say? We're good at our jobs. <laughs> Archivist Racked is 
looking at you intently. The orbiting eyeballs have sort of spread out and each one is looking at one of you individually. Uh, and you can tell that he's looking to see what your reaction is after he dropped the name, the Saffron Anax. Mike, can I tell anything from their reactions? Yeah, why don't you roll Will? Um, and if and if anybody is going to actively try to hide anything, I would let you roll either will or charm, whichever is higher. Okay. <gasps> Eleven. Yeah, my will or charm can't go that high. Yeah, neither. Let's but see. Hold on. Let me see if mine can. Buy things. Yeah, my my uh, my charm is ten. I could try it. Try it as well. You can My burn edge too, don't twelve. We're burning, you we're burning burn grit, grit, not edge. We burning burn grit, grit, not edge. <laughs> oh, shit, shit, shit. That's the first time I fucked that up. That's pretty oh, good. That is the first time. Is that where, yeah. Hey, I did. It's good, actually, what I did. <laughs> so you burn right. three grit for plus one. Uh, it's three for three, six for six, nine for nine. Oh, yeah. I want to hide that we ever met the Saffron and Ox. And... Uh, I'm gonna burn through. I'm gonna burn six grit. And just just to be clear, from what I understand, from what Taylor is saying, he's not he's not doing anything weird. He's oh, just like capital double capital us. W weird. He is just right. using just using his skill as a as a person to perceive you. Okay, I'm gonna burn three grit then. So like, yeah, he's not if he if he wins if he you know beats you, he's gonna know that you're not being honest. But he might not know. He's not gonna have much. At this point, context for what you're being dishonest about. Okay. If you are in fact being dishonest. So burning three grit allows you to have three more dice. Uh, no. It allows it gives you a bonus. Okay. So you three. can yeah you can uh, burn three to add three to your final result. Burn six to add six to your final result. And burn nine to add nine to your final result. Okay. Well, I got a ten, so I didn't. <laughs> ten ten total or ten plus three. I got seven plus three, which got it. Yeah, I don't think Remy's gonna lie. I think Remy's just like, yeah, probably fine. Mm. Well, Venus, knowing that uh, Beta doesn't look very com- confident that she's gonna be <laughs> able to hide it, and knowing, and just knowing Remy in general is not bothering to put on any defenses either. He's just going to um, try s- to be as forthcoming as he can without being overly forthcoming. Sure. Did you say it was will or charm? Yeah, whichever one's higher. Okay. Or whichever so, one you want to roll. Yeah. Mercus is going to burn nine grit. <laughs> yeah, that's, funny. that's like a very Mercus move. Yeah. 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 Mercus is burning nine grit and rolling will. So um let's see what happens. Uh if you weren't already at full pool, I would reward you with some grit for spending <laughs> extra compulsively. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Total of fourteen. Okay. <laughs> Um, Marcus is not good at lying and scared to do it. <laughs> Remy, uh, Remy pulls out his flute, starts tootling. He's like, he's not worried really. You're, you're playing your flute during the meeting. He's, it's with like Archimus he doesn't Rock? even realize he's doing it. Really, he's just sort of like doing it. Uh, and I think it would be very clear to the archivist that he, he it's like a compulsive thing for him. Venus turns to Remy and <laughs> gives him some eyes that say, maybe this is the best time for the flute. Uh, Remy's like, oh, sh- oh, right, right. Uh, didn't realize I was doing that. Puts the flute away. <laughs> okay, so archivist cracked. Let's go person by person. The robot, uh, the shoot, the it's hard for you to tell because no face, right? Yeah. But like <laughs> mm-hmm. trembling, maybe ever so slightly. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah. What did you roll? Ten. Combat? Ten. So like 
very yeah. slow. You're like, you're like, huh, maybe she's nervous about me. Maybe I am just very imposing and like, this is a scary situation. I get it. But like, definitely scared. The Jelasti, solid as a rock. Arms akimbo. <laughs> Cannot get a read one bit. Is also, you would know, the Banshee. And so is the one that is the representative of the group. And they, when you when you say the Saffron Anox, stone-faced. One of them starts playing the flute, which like, <laughs> he's, to be fair, yeah. he's a sleeper and you know what that's like. And then mm-hmm. what did Venus roll, Nick? Uh, I rolled eight. You rolled eight. Oh, I should roll. I can, I can also roll. Let me roll charm real quick. Just to, just to make it like. Okay. So we have a new, a, a number associated. Yeah. Yeah. And the older time guy, Nick, cor- correct me if I have misread what you have described thus far. Uh, yes. But like the older time guy is like looking at his teammates like he's waiting for them to say something. I rolled a one. Yeah. You rolled a one. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think I think rolling a one means that you take your flute out and start playing it. <laughs> All right. Great, great, great. So we have an in-game. See, now do you see how it? Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Causality flows, in two, dire- causality flows in two directions, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think the flute throws him off, but I think, I think the, but I think the eight, I think the eight is hard. Is is? I mean, that's exactly what he was looking for. Suddenly, all the eyeballs drip very quickly. They fly even right in front of your face, Venus, and just a foot away from your face, they sort of make a revolving, spinning circle in the air, like you're uh, looking, you know, at at a ring, uh, and then. The archivist Harakt floats sideways. He sort of strafes sideways until his face fills the ring of the eyes to you. And he says, Oh, so you do know him then? Well, I've heard tell. And through my gift and path, I have seen things that don't always make sense. Does that help? (laughs) And what is it that you've heard? Um, the Saffron Anox understands the Escheresque much more than I do, and I believe he was tracking us the entire time we were on the Lovers. And why did you leave this out of your report? I have no proof, but the weird speaks in ways that don't always make it into reports. I apologize if any suspicions I had didn't make it to the report in error. I can amend them immediately. Uh, yeah, he hasn't lied yet, so everything he has yeah. said has been yeah. very true. Yeah. While that is not comforting, I must tell you that you've been trained very well, but from now until the end of space, write every suspicion in your report, Venus. Do you understand? Yes. Yes, I do understand. The Saffron and Knox is a psychotic and very dangerous indimensional warlord that fancies himself a statesman. One of the whispers, you know, is extremely dangerous and, like myself, is very paternal. I must say, I'm shocked he allowed you to return unmolested, or at least without an introduction of some sort. Perhaps his attention was elsewhere. Well, regardless, I just wanted to call you all here and tell you, well done. Even people at my level and, dare I say, those above, well, we've got our eyes on you. And I can see... And the eyes float back out till each individual one is looking at you. That you're all going places. <laughs> oh. That'll be all. And he, he turns around, just rotates, and then floats 
back to view the tapestry again. Uh, Mercus salutes, even you know, because the <laughs> eyes are still are still floating. <laughs> no, because he's he may not be facing us, but the eyes are still looking. So <laughs> Mercus salutes and just about faces and just <laughs> out the door. <laughs> and you do not make it all the way out the door until you because you hup 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 directly into your refactor Algar, oh. who is attempting to enter the office of Archivist Hracht. Uh, he is turning a corner through the room blob door without any uh, partition in front of it. He walks directly into Mercus, stumbles a little bit into the room and goes, Oh, my! What? Oh, 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 sorry, sir. So sorry, sir. So sorry, sir. And Mercus starts to uh, rub the wet spot on Algar's leg. <laughs> and he's and he's doing the same. He's like trying to sort oh, of like oh, brush oh, some of the mucus oh, off. Oh, Algar, sir. It's okay. Oh, it's no, okay. I'm it, so it's, sorry. This should you come out in the wash. You. Oh, boy. Beta is a little bit seething in the corner. She's like, that's such a meat cute. That's such a meat cute <laughs> they're having right now. Algar, he's standing in Archivist Hrack's office and he's looking at you like he doesn't really believe that you're here. And like the beetles on his face are moving around. They're chittering a little bit quicker and louder than they normally do. Uh, and he's like, well, this is a quite a surprise. Uh, uh, we were uh, summoned but, here, sir. Oh. Uh, that's none of my business. Um, I, all well and good. Uh, Archivist Hracked, I uh, I have the, the report that you requested. Um, I will leave it in the normal location. You will. He walks over to um, where uh, Remy is standing, uh, and he sort of looks at Remy expectantly, and he says, um, you, uh, you, you ha- you'll have to excuse me. Just Oh, hope, no. Yeah, sure. Sure, bud. Doc, how you doing? Uh, Fancy seeing uh, you here. Yes, very. <laughs> if you could please just, could you step oh, one, yeah, fo- yeah, yeah. one foot and uh, and Algar very carefully, like looking at Archivist Cracked, just puts the paperwork on the ground where Remy was standing uh, and yeah, leaves Remy, it and then walks away. Remy just walks out. He's like, you know, says hi to Algar, sees the papers and is just like, all right, later, y'all. Doesn't um, need to see anything else. <laughs> Algar turns to Archivist Rack and he says, um, just do let me know um, if you need anything else. And actually, uh, I mean, it's very unexpected, but um, quite a good boon. If the lot of you have a moment, if... Algar. Uh, oh, yes, Algar. Archivist Rack. Yes. Is this the most appropriate place to have your meeting with your... Oh, my God. I'm, yes, <laughs> I'm so reports. sorry. I'm so sorry. Algar. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, Archivist Tract. Uh, and Algar stands up straight and puts his arms behind his back. And this is all without turning around. Algar says, I'm sorry. I just... This is very unexpected. Algar. I've caught quite off guard. And Algar. it's just... It's, okay, I know. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's tapestry time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Algar gets a very serious look on his face and looks at everybody <laughs> and is like, we, "We should, we should, we should leave." <laughs> uh, and he and, and he backs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marcus is just like tiptoeing out again. Remy's already out the door, man. Remy's like playing his flute again. He's just fuck it. He doesn't, you know, like I think he doesn't. He doesn't really care about the seriousness of the situation because he doesn't think that they've done anything wrong. Just to be clear, I do not 
need to know why you were speaking with Octavus Tract. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Fabulous. Yeah. I yes. do not need to know. Yes, but you desperately want to. I just, I do not need to know. I I understand. As I was saying, um, if everybody has a moment, there actually a job has come in for uh, for you. Uh, the directorate is very excited um, uh, to send you on uh, another excursion, uh, and I would love to tell you about it um, at your earliest convenience. Do we even need to bid for this job? Uh, no, it has been handed down for you specifically. Oh. Specifically? Well. More rare shit, Doc? Um... Uh, unfortunately, this one is something of a repair mission. Less uh, interesting. Though, though I have high confidence that uh, fleeters and void miners of your skill level will return with no shortage of valuable goods. Shall we go to your office? Oh, yes. Is now a good time? I mean, we're all I'm here. Free. Yeah. What? Ah, you'll have to excuse me. I, I haven't tidied up, but yes, right now is great. Uh, and you make your way to Algar's office. As they're walking there... Beta tries to make small talk with Algar. Very bad at it because she's very nervous. Hi, I love to tidy up when I know people are coming too. I'm such a tidy person. You should see my blob. What is it called? Blobs? <laughs> blob? Your room blob? You should see my room blob. It is <laughs> tidy to a T. Algar does not respond to what you just said, but he does say, Beta, I know you left a book in my desk. <laughs> <laughs> you are the only one I know who dots their eyes with hearts. It's... So, do you have an answer to the question? <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly which question you mean, but I will say, Beta, this is a very rare edition. So you like it? I, I'm, I, I, I am missing the fifth printing. I don't know how <laughs> you knew. It's... Uh, I mean, I'm. <laughs> How would I ever know? To be that? perfectly honest, I'm quite it would thankful. Be, you, you would have to be so crazy to look at someone's collection and know they're missing the fifth <laughs> version. That would be such a insane thing for someone to do. Uh, you get to Algar's office and you realize what he means by he hasn't tidied up um, is that uh, the moss has just been watered and has not been dried. Uh, so he runs over and he towels it down a little bit um, and then uh, goes to his desk. Okay, shall we get to business? What can we do for you, Algar? Uh, uh, he reaches into his desk, opens up the opens up this drawer, um, makes this like terrible uh, screeching metal sound, and he lays out all this paperwork on his desk, and he says, "Okay, um, so the archive, uh, the directorate, would like to send you to the ancient commerce satellite soon. Do you know it? I am unfamiliar. Same. It's the um." The uh, the artificial moon that orbits Terra. It's uh, somewhat uh, ooh, and he makes a wishy washy like metza metza motion with his hand. Out of time. Uh, it's a bit out of time. You have yes. my attention. What uh, is this? You, you be talking <laughs> yeah. Venus at a time or? Yeah, Marcus yeah. looks directly at Venus. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, technically speaking, soon. Um, not yet constructed, uh, but you might be surprised to learn already abandoned. Uh, you know, uh, the ways of time are somewhat of a mystery, aren't they? Uh, and he looks at Venus and goes, mm. and Venus says, yes. Soon, uh, called uh, uh, Narcosa uh, by its residents, is uh, completely packed with edifices. Every square inch of it is covered in building, and uh, it's uh, empty. 
in some hundreds of millions of years, uh, the snake men uh, will build uh, this, uh, this planet, this commerce planet on this artificial moon around Terra, uh, and they will use it as, um, a, a, yes, a, a, a shopping mall. Since it comes in and out of time, um, you know, we deal with some difficulties now and again uh, on Narcosa, uh, where, you know, we have, uh, we have the edifices, uh, but they are not yet used or or they have been around for so long that they are now abandoned so anyways the snake men aren't there they've yet to come it's uh it's uninhabited except for uh, a few groups um the uh, the monochromatic humans uh just a a group of well let's just say unfriendly people who occupy some portions of uh, some of the less developed portions of the planet um and uh the vat gnomes so called for obvious reasons uh, you might know um, one or two. Uh, they make their way to spin every once in a while. You all know of um, uh, uh, who's the gentleman with the with the room blob near the canteen that's packed with goods. The the gentleman with the curly black hair. Uh, Brandish Tam. Ah yes, Brandish, yes, yes, Brandish Tam, a vat gnome. Uh, what ah, the, yes, yes. What the vat gnomes do? Uh, you know, they subsist on the future ruins of the commerce empire that has been grafted onto Tsun. Uh, they break it down and they trade it. They sell it to whomstever will accept whatever bits they're able to break off. Uh, and this mostly is fine, since the edifice is out of time. Uh, they're not really stealing from anybody. They're they're taking from something that has yet to exist or has existed so long that it has become useless. However, there have been some difficulties that have popped up recently. It it seems, uh, for some reason, large bits of Narcosa are being dumped through a series of Escheresque events uh, onto various locations of concern to the company. Uh, and it, it, it seems as though uh, there are uh, f- fold gates, there are gates of some kind that are opening scooping up much of the much of the building material uh, f- from the commerce center and just um well uh, dropping it around uh, it says here um uh, these things uh, it, it's uh, we're, we're having uh, piles of detritus uh, dropped in um Kalarash. Uh, you know the very hot and uh, wet planet covered in covered in islands. Uh, you know the young colony, Kalarash, Giju, uh, which uh, you might have heard your friend Oat talk about, the home of the Harajun. Very cool and wet, uh, a moss planet. It says here that uh, there. Uh, it's also um, uh, there's some events happening in the west, uh, in the Manted Egg cities of Terra. Uh, you know, um, on the planet surface, down from Narcosa. You know, around these large, the manted egg-like structures. Uh, the rift itself seems to be centered around the prime egg, uh, which is uh, which is somewhat um, somewhat troubling, uh, as this is right on the border uh, of um, uh, the Formiri Empire, uh, you know, the ant people. And uh, the manted people and the ant people are, are just now settling their tensions. So um, if there is uh, any unexplained phenomena, there's a chance that one will blame it on the other. And, oh, we could just be back in that, that bit of 
bit of scuffle again. Um, and the last location um, that is experiencing uh, some some of this is uh, that's getting some detritus, some of this garbage um, sent to it is um, Kakudun. Uh, it's a relatively cool and wet planet, um, rather temperate. Uh, it's a uh, third largest province of the company, dozens of competing kingdoms. Again, a similar situation to the West. We would just love to avoid uh, there being uh, any tensions arising from unknown items just being strewn about. We don't need people blaming each other uh, for this. The directorate had reached out after your last performance um, on The Lovers. Uh, they were very interested in seeing how you deal with a more open-ended problem um, and also how you deal with uh, the Escheresque, which looking at your files, it seems like um, Venus, you might have something of a passing familiarity with, but none of the rest of you uh, have ever encountered. Is that correct? Yeah, Doc, that's never, very correct. Never, never, oh, never yeah. in my life. The Escher who? <laughs> I would be excited to, to figure it out, though. You know, I've been asleep. I'm ready to try new things. Well, I've... Uh, it seems like we've struck a bit of fortune in this time that we are presently in. I uh, have just completed some training on speaking with steel um, and finding the actual source of unknown objects. I would be happy, of course, for the company um, if my rest of my uh, crew here w would wish to take this mission um, to uh, tra trace some of this detritus. Uh, you said one of the planets was, uh, what, Cockadoon, uh, something like that. Um, would be happy to visit and uh, get to the bottom of this for the company at once. Fabulous. So the so you are you you. I mean, not that you really have a choice, but I love it when you're excited to do the work. Um, uh, you're, yes. you're interested in the job. Great. Well, I can't oh, speak for everyone, but I certainly can speak to myself. It's I mean, not a problem at all. Venus, baby, it doesn't seem like we can refuse. <laughs> I know, but I just wish to make sure everyone's voices are heard. I am I'm but one man. I love. And I, I can love do some things. But I love when we everything. do this. I love when we pretend that we have a choice. It really yes. warms my heart. <laughs> the illusion of choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yes, the, um, it you know I mean once you arrive on Narcosa, the job actually is quite open ended. Uh, go to Narcosa, find uh, find the source of the fold gates that are opening and um, scraping up bits of building and scattering around our provinces, um, and uh, stop it. I suppose. Uh, if you'd like oh, to take yes. a if you'd like to take a look at the paperwork, uh, you are more than welcome. And Algar hands over, collects up the contract, and hands it over to Mercus. Yeah, Mergus would like to read it <laughs> comprehensively. Yeah. What would that role be again? Uh, role will. So, Mike, with with this job, would that automatically come oh. with the paperwork to go to all of the planets that you mentioned? Uh, you don't know yet. Um, okay. But he has, the only thing that he said so far is go to Narcosa. Narcosa, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mergus rolled a three, which is not a success. Yeah, I mean, you still there's there's stuff on here that's like clear. So like, if you just mm -hmm. spend time reading it, um, there are things that you'll get. The requisitions language on this one is weird. The stuff that you can get from the acquisitions department, there's like a lot of really dense language around it, um, and um, there's like a lot of things that you seemingly have to agree to um, in order to be given these items, and that's like kind of some of the stuff that's hard to read that you like it's hard to parse through, but you can see, um, because there's a lot of paperwork explaining how to use them, uh, that there are two items that uh, the archive will give you so that you may discharge uh, your, your responsibilities for this job. You will be given one Escheresque anti-nausea field generator. Oh, nice. And you will be nice. given one 
Foldgate Stabilizer. And you can see in the paperwork, it uh, has uh, diagrams of what these things look like. The Escheresque Anti-Nausea Field Generator is like a very thick bracelet. It's kind of like a gauntlet. Uh, it's like a like a black cuff that you can wear. Um, it's one of them. Just one. Okay. And the Foldgate Stabilizer is a matte black ring uh, that's about half a meter in diameter that's covered in long uh, sword-like teeth. Uh, it looks scary. <laughs> Does anyone else want to look through this paperwork? <laughs> Marcus is shuffling and passing papers around. Uh, Venus wrote a one, so he starts to grab, uh, reach for it, but then he he gets distracted. Uh, you get a paper cut. <laughs> oh. I get a paper cut after that. <laughs> I roll a seven. In the confusing language, it also stipulates that because of the um, multifaceted, uh, like all of the many locations that you could conceivably go um, in order to solve this problem, like you might have to go to a number of provinces, there are two contingency items uh, that the company is, if you check the right box, uh, that is very, very small, that the company is willing to give to you if you say that you have a need for them. And that is advanced exosuits for each of the people who are going on the mission. So each of you can get a slightly more sturdy exosuit if you want it. And each of you can also get a, a solar-powered rebreather if you would like it. Mm. Nice. And does it say anything about getting that because of having to go to certain planets or certain... Yeah, it's basically like if you end up out on the surface of Narcosa, there's a chance that you would need atmosphere. And while this job doesn't necessarily require you to go out onto the surface of Narcosa, in the discharge of your duties, you may be accidentally transported to the surface of Narcosa. And so if the fleeters who are undertaking this mission feel as though it is in their interest and the company's interest to be outfitted with the following items, all they need to do is swear that they will treat them appropriately and return them in good condition by checking this box. Mm -hmm. I think so Beta's looking over it and she's like, yeah, she's just checking the boxes. Okay, yeah, yeah. so you get, some, you get some extra stuff. Who knows what will get spit out, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so overall, figure out what's happening and fix it. Yes, uh, just so uh, our understanding, um, the archive tells me that it will be very clear once you arrive, uh, is that there are a number of Escheresque events occurring all over the planet of Narcosa. And once you are present uh, to figure out the source of them uh, and to uh, simply stop it. Mm. And he's going through. Did you hand the paperwork back? Yes. He's going through it and he's like, ah, yes, I see that you have agreed to uh, the exosuits and the rebreathers. Yes, the anti-nausea field generator and the fold gate stabilizer. Very useful and important pieces of equipment. We only have one of each of these and we are hoping to be able to learn how to manufacture them. So please, uh, we, um, we are expecting their safe return. Doc, you can read this, this paperwork? It is my job to read this paperwork. Okay. I have written much of this paperwork. Oh. Ah. See, I was just wondering, because I can't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised, Remy? Well, you know, the whole cryogenic sleep chamber thing really did a number on my brain. Uh, mm. <laughs> but I can still play the flute. He starts tootling. 
Ah, very nice. <laughs> Love to end a meeting with a tootle. So, just to be clear, um, where are we allowed to go on this mission? Are we allowed to explore all the areas that um, have been uh, been dumped with refuse? It could help um, with my tracking. Uh, he, Algar is looking through the paperwork. He's flipping around and he says, um, there's no uh, stipulation. There's no language here that says you are not permitted to visit any of the locations uh, where the detritus is being sent. Uh, but, and he flips uh, a piece of paper, looks at the back of it, looks at the front of it, looks at the back of it again. He says, um, they've only provided a tack map to Narcosa. So uh, I believe it, it is very strongly implied that at the very least uh, uh, that is your starting point. Um, and okay. and I will point out, uh, if you do, uh, for whatever reason, um, need to address any concerns on uh, any of uh, the provinces, uh, the Foldgate Stabilizer uh, will do just that. It will stabilize a Foldgate uh, such that it can be used. Excellent. Oh. As a gate. <laughs> and Mercus is just like, it dawns on him like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yes, if you all agree, uh, just sign here on the line, and uh, I will just stipulate um, out of time has a very particular set of impacts. So, uh, you know, um, in your interest and in mine, be careful, won't you? Beta's heart skips a beat, and she just smiles and stares a little too long. You are now leaving Float City. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, do a tweet about it. Tweet it out to your pals or however you might characterize the people who follow you on social media. You can even tweet the tweet that I have left in the show notes. And of course, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. Thank you to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. I'm Bijan Steven, and I play Remy Tester on Float City. You can find me online on Twitter at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitch at the same name, and on Instagram at Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Mercus and Meldar. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randwiches. That's the word sandwiches, but replace the S with an R. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Beta Combat. You can find me on social at Shodell. Hello, this is Nick Gersio, and I play Lux on Fun City and Venos on Float City. You can find me at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter and N Gersio on Instagram. You spell Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. I'm Taylor Moore, and I play all the cool, interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs> My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. Float City is played in a soon-to-be-released system called Still Fleet, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Still Fleet. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York, and Cape Cod, Massachusetts. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. Why art thou silent and invisible, Pixel Riffs? Why dost thou hide thyself in clouds? 
Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Remy's flute playing is by Jake Fridkiss. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>